It's racing on to this ball here. The angle is there. Oh, what a finish, Jamie McLaren. Still Ellie Carpenter. Oh, what a goal from Melbourne City. It's three. It's Aaron Moy who places it beautifully in the top corner. All the way through for Sankar. Daniel Campbell has got the goal for Australia. Shooting here and scoring! Benny Roach! What a strike from Connor Bunce. That's his second. Wherever you are in the world, hello and welcome to the latest edition of the FFA podcast. My name is Ben O'Neill and the commentary that you just heard was from the Paroo's spine-tingling 5-0 win over Canada last November at Cromer Park in Manly, a game that represented the team's first FIFA-sanctioned match on home soil in decades. The Pararoos are Australia's national football team for athletes with cerebral palsy, acquired brain injury or symptoms resulting from stroke. And on this edition of the FFA podcast, I'm pleased to be joined by two of the team's top players, Benny Roach and Taj Lynch. Over the next 30 minutes, hear from Ben and Taj as they discuss their respective journeys to the Pararoos, find out how they're keeping fit and focused during COVID-19, how the Pararoos program came to life some of the insights that they have had from their long and not-so-long international football careers, and the ambition that exists to establish an Australian CP football team for women over the coming years. But first, to the Canada game last November on the Northern Beaches. Anyone who was at Cromer Park or who watched on KO Sports or YouTube not only witnessed some great football, but surely left the experience feeling inspired. To commence this interview, I started by telling Ben and Taj a bit of a personal story from the day. When the gates opened for the game, I spotted a young girl with cerebral palsy smiling ear to ear as she entered Cromer Park. It struck me then as it strikes me now. That's what the Pararoos are all about. Right, Rochi? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, extremely special to hear. It was such a, a massive day for us as a team um, and as a community and, and with quite a long build-up, you know, first home game since the Sydney 2000 games, um, to hear that that it was having that kind of effect on people as they came in is 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 very very cool and that's what it's all about for us you know when when the Pararoos play we you know it's not only for ourselves it's it's for the people that we can hopefully inspire and, and the next generation of players whether it be boys or girls with or without a disability. Taj how special was that match for you because it was obviously your first on home soil you'd played abroad before but that game was uh, I guess the first one for you at home. Yeah, I think it, it sums it up pretty well to say that I think my smile was almost the same as that girl's uh, the first time we walked into the stadium and there was signage around and, and we sort of saw where people would be, our family and friends, and realised that we got to play at home. Like It became very real on the day and I think I had the exact same smile across my face from, from when we got there to, to when we kicked off. And it, was, it was awesome to, to share something that you work so hard with, that you work so hard to achieve with your, with your family and friends in, in the city you grew up in. And you became quite the, the media celebrity that week. You also had 7.30 report come and do a do a feature on you as well. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, we got to go in and um, be on the, the Bill and Boz show as well. It was, it was a very fun week. It was, it was awesome, yeah. Benny, can you talk a little bit to how that match came about? Because the Pararoos have... They've gone through numerous cycles where funding's been cut. They've had to fundraise. But um, this one, FIFA really came to the plate and, and the FFA tried to help to, to make the game happen. Yeah, a huge amount of effort. Um, and thanks to the FIFA Forward 
2.0 program, we we were able to pull off the game. You know, uh, obviously we've had some, you know, we've we've fundraised for a long time to to continue to let the Paroos do what they do, and and thanks to FIFA and in particular Katrina Hicks at FFA, uh, the general manager of fundraising, and uh, Maria Fundus, um, who were brilliant behind the scenes and pulling it all off, and and really having that grand plan in the first place, we were able to all come together and and make sure we are. Uh, we showed a different side of football in Australia, I think. Um, yeah, I think there, there was a special feeling to the day and, um, you know, obviously it wouldn't have been possible without without all those key people. Were you surprised at how many people came to the match, Benny? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was anxious that there might be no one. I, I, was, <laughs> I was really unsure, you know, our, our profile isn't huge, but um, the support was immense and, and walking out and I was lucky to have my kids there as I walked out is it was so surreal and you know even looking back at the images today I think it truly really did have a have an impact and um, comments that have been shared with me since that day is, is to me an exciting step is where it can go next. Taj the game was also on KO and live stream did you have any feedback from from mates I believe you're from Sort of down south in the Wollongong Illawarra area. So, did you yeah. have some some supporters that perhaps didn't uh, come up to the game but watched online? Yeah, definitely. The the people that couldn't get up watched online, and there were there were some funny clips that got sent through to me. A few embarrassing ones as well. Lots of lots of screen recording. Certain ball boy who who wasn't exactly watching where the ball was for a second. Lots of little clips that people recorded. So it was it was cool that it wasn't just something that I. And the people that were there experienced, like anyone can can go back and watch that game. And it's an awesome memory. And to have it there online is so cool. I sort of touched on who the Paroos are in my opener. But Benny, you've been with the team for a long, long time. Uh, can you summarise who the Paroos are, what they stand for and, and what the program's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So the Paroos are actually uh, first created in preparation for the Sydney Paralympic Games. Um, being the host country, you, you you can automatically have a team. And um, our program began in '98 and for the games um, with some players that are still with us. Well, actually, David Barb is the last remaining player that's still within the squad. Our captain, um, and it's it's grown from there. So obviously, competed in Sydney Games um, and then sort of been on a on a mission and a quest ever since then. Uh, not without its battles. Um, you know, obviously aiming to to grow the program and continue to create opportunities for, for people with a disability. Um, but yeah, it's you know for people with cerebral palsy, acquired brain injury, or symptoms resulting for stroke. Um, obviously, a modified version of the game, so it's seven aside, a smaller pitch, uh, fifty by seventy meters, smaller goals, and no offside, which which makes it you know quite fast paced and there's no real hiding. So. For us, that's our that's our football, and uh, yeah, we're looking to to grow it and and continue to create those opportunities. Talking about the opportunities, how do people kind of get involved? How do you find out about the program? And if you if there's something near you to help you get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a long time, it was just word of mouth, and and that's why for us getting out there and growing our profile and why things like the home game are so important is because of the reach it can have. Uh, for instance, in Australia, there's about 36,000 or 37,000 living with cerebral palsy. Um, you know, four, 
percent of Australians uh, have a disability. So there's people out there, and we we want to show that the world game is available to them. The big thing is uh, jumping on the Pararoo socials across Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and, and reaching out through there. And from there, we have you know um, access to all the programs throughout Australia, whether it's a Pararoo's development centre or a state program, or where you're looking to just get in more involved with a, a sort of community program. There's plenty of opportunities out there now. I just had a come to find out about the Pararoos and, and realise that you could play for Australia. Uh, I think my first experience, I went down to the University of Wollongong and there was just in the in the basketball court, there was just a small training session. I think Chris Pine and Ben Atkins, who are both players, were, were the coaches at the time. And there would have been maybe six or seven of us training there. And from there, I, I went there a few weeks in a row and then from there I got invited to the to a state training camp and it sort of just snowballs you go through the state system you play at nationals and then if you if you do well if you impress the coach you get to go to a, a national team camp and see where that takes you and you came into the uh the, the team in 2017 I believe in Argentina uh, some limited minutes as you write in your bio at that tournament but um it really sparked in you the desire to sort of continue on in the Pararoos career. You got to travel to Iran and also to Spain last year. Um, so some amazing trips already and and journeys with the team. Yeah, of course. The um, the Argentina tournament was probably like the biggest for me. It was it was one where we, we filmed the Pararoos documentary. We had one of the, the best results the team's had in years. And it was awesome to be a part of that, but it just made me so hungry for, for more. To be to be even more of a part of that, and so I sort of took that hunger into my training over the next few years, and really pushed myself to to become a starter and get minutes in tournaments overseas and try and make a difference. What was it like traveling to somewhere like Iran? It's not a it's not a destination that Aussies frequently going to, especially Kish Island, which is actually <laughs> off the coast of Iran, and I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah, the Pararoos actually went there. Yeah, it was it was funny at the time. I'd I'd just finished year twelve, and so. Most of my classmates were going to um, Fiji, which was a bit of a different island. They were going for schoolies. Meanwhile, we were on Kish Island playing playing football on a pitch that was more dirt than grass. But it's it's so awesome to have such unique experiences like that. And and when you travel and you see the world through football, it, it's really, really different to, to just visiting somewhere. But it's, yeah, it felt felt very otherworldly at times. The, the island itself was almost like it was half built and abandoned. <laughs> So there are a lot of buildings that were just half structures and then next door is a is a car store with a Lamborghini out the front. So it was very, very weird. And Benny, what about your journey to the Pararoos um, in, involvement and awareness uh, sort of coming up around Sydney 2000? Yeah, so I I, uh, I was lucky enough to see the Pararoos play at the Sydney Paralympics and obviously was already playing local football, but that was the first time I'd learned that there was something available for me. Um, and then, you know, after doing a bit of research, was lucky enough to get invited to a camp at about 12 years old and because there was no state programs at that time and, you know, was lucky enough to hold my own and, and sort of continue with the program, you know, from there. Um, went to my first tournament. It was, it was in Argentina in about 2003 or four, and, um, yeah, there was no turning back. Been lucky it's taken me around the world, but, you know, it's also opened my eyes to, to what is possible and, and the importance of having programs like Pararoos. 
And who are some of the great Pararoos uh, that, you know, that have really helped form the team? You know, talk about Chris Pine, 100 caps, David Barber, 100 caps. Were there people before that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a couple of few people that are really instrumental. A gentleman, uh, George Tonner, who really helped get the Pararoos off the ground. Um, he, he was phenomenal for disability sport and still is to this day in, in, in and around Australia. Um, you know, key people like that really got the program up and running and then it was sort of up to us to, to build it to what we believed it could be. Um, we're really lucky to have leadership like Chris Pine and David Barber and, and Ben Atkins and then young talent like Taj and Daniel Campbell and that coming through that, you know, we're all very much on the same page, all big believers in what, we, what we're trying to do and um, just lucky to be able to play the game. What would you say is the ultimate goal for the the Pararoos? Uh, you know, you're ranked around what tenth or so in the world at the moment. So there's a there's a way to go with the with some of the nations that are ahead of us. And in terms of um, professionalism, I believe some of them have full time programs, so it can be extremely hard to compete with. Yeah, I mean, it'd it'd be awesome one day to to be able to be full time footballers and, and put in the time that a lot of us almost put in now while working full-time jobs or studying full-time. But to be able to do that as a profession and, and really just pour ourselves into football, I think the team could go so, so far. If you look at what we've done in the last few years, even as a team that relies on fundraising, we've still pushed up higher in ranks and, and gone to competitions and competed it every year. So it's really important that it just keeps going now. And I think with the momentum we have, we can really push to be like a top five team. And results like the result against Canada, who I think are ranked ninth, shows that we can really push those teams in and around our position and, and climb higher. And like most footballers, uh, you've been probably having to train at home throughout the COVID-19 period. Uh, I sort of see, you know, Socceroos players and Matildas players putting stuff up on, on social media. I'm sure you've been doing similar, but the Pararoos have an undefeated at home training program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. I'll let you go, Taj. You go. Uh, so, so we've got a we've got a website set up at the moment for us, which has a lot of resources for like physical training, conditioning, our, our technical skills, football wise, a lot of mental health stuff as well. Keeping positive in times like this and making sure that we're we're in a good mindset when we train. And so that was set up by our our strength and conditioning and, and tactical coach Tim Palmer. And then we sort of distributed that website down through the state programs as well so that all those players, not just the Paroos players, are having access to this program. And Benny, if people want to become a Pararoo, how do they how do they sort of find out about it? Obviously, the social media is an important point, but um, I, I know that there is a national championships every year. Um, it was held in Sydney this year at Valentine Sports Park and, and many states um, competed at that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most state member federations have a, a CP football program now, um, which aims to send a team each year to the national championships. And that's obviously a big opportunity for uh, talent identification. All the all the Paru's staff are there to oversee the tournament and ensure that everyone's you know seen. So that's a great stepping stone. So yeah, most member feds have have programs up and running. Yeah, alternatively, alternatively, get in touch directly with the Paru's because we'll we will happily uh, assist you in finding a suitable program and um, get you on the field. 
and Kyla Mert, um, the coach of the Paroos and the and the staff. A lot of them have been there for quite a while and contributed many years and you know hours of of service to the program. What can you say about some of the people behind the scenes with the team that that do do such a great job? Yeah, I think it's a real uh, testament to the program and and what it means to people when you when you're lucky enough to have quality of coaches like Kai and Goran and Mike and their dedication to the program is is exceptional and and as players when you see that when you see the commitment they put into it you know that you you have to match that if not put in more so we're extremely lucky and and playing under Kai is something that you know I'll cherish for a long time I've learned a lot as a football player and as an individual and even going through these times now with COVID-19 and quite unique um the communication we've had from our staff has been exceptional and, you know, we always feel comfortable in reaching out and we always feel supported, uh, whether it's in the football aspect or in life in general, and I think that that's huge for us. And to both of you, 2020 was uh, due to be another big year for the Paroos. The I know there were, there were plans in place for a camp in Perth uh, aligned to the Socceroos um, when they were going to be over there to play Q8 in, in Perth in a World Cup qualifier. There was a... IFCPF World Championship in Spain that you were meant to be heading to as well. Um, COVID-19's obviously, you know, cancelled that for the time being. But what's what's the schedule like or what updates do you have at the moment that, um, you know, in terms of the calendar going forward? Yeah, so the late, latest we heard from, from IFCPF, our governing body, is that they will look to shift the tournament to next year. Um, so we sort of, you know, alter our timings and, know make that our goal we personally I I really had grand plans of going there and and trying to win the tournament Um, and I think most of the boys felt the same it's that was a big goal of ours we felt our momentum was building to that and I think we maybe we can take this as as an opportunity as a little bit of extra preparation Um, as difficult as it may be it's just you know we're we're no strangers to overcoming obstacles and I think that's it actually works in our favour sometimes is when those challenges are thrown at us. So, yeah, we stay focused and um, keep pushing to hopefully bring home a trophy. And Taj, for you, how eager are you to link back up with the Paroos in due course? Yeah, I mean, I, like like Rochi said, we were very, very excited for this tournament. We were in a good place, especially after the, the Canada game and very positive outlook going into this tournament. But I think that this isn't going to deter us as a team or as individuals. I know that all of us are still training hard and I know that we'll be in a better position come the tournament in next year than we would have been this year just because we have more time. And for better or worse, like we can't change the situation that we're in, but we are going to make sure that when that tournament comes around, we're all ready and that we do our best and we, we challenge for that, that trophy. And Benny, the Pararoos, uh, obviously are the men's side, but... There's in the works uh, some ideas to have a, a women's CP football team as well. And I know that uh, one of the players that potentially could be involved in that squad, Nicole Christodoulou, um, she's got a great story. And I re- recently shared that story with the future Matildas via Zoom uh, throughout COVID to in- help inspire them as well. Um, some some great um, women might have the chance to pull on the green and gold in a, in a Pararoos team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um the the women's program is something we've been working on for a long time and uh, last year we were, we were lucky to host an invitational camp for the whole uh, Oceania Asia region for girls with cerebral palsy and acquired brain injury to come in for a five-day camp which was 
amazing. We had about 17 or 18 girls at, at Valentine Sports Park. Um, seeing that first 7v7 session of all girls playing was just phenomenal. You know, at nationals, we had girls come into the the, the men's teams and now they, they were, had their own program up and running, which was really exciting. And then when you've got individuals like Nicole, whose story is just, you know, it's it's inspiration for me too in, in motivating me to continue playing as well. You know, a young girl that had a stroke as, as a young adult has gone on to uh, now complete her her uni degree as a teacher um, and is just football mad and adamant about representing Australia. She's she's phenomenal. Like she shared some physio video clips just after a stroke of um, they're trying to get her to walk, but all she wanted to do was actually just juggle a football. So she's there in the in the hospital juggling a football. And to me, that sort of sums it up. And, and that's exactly what the Paroos are about. So yeah, we hope to have some more updates on on, on what that program looks like and um, yeah, create some opportunities for some amazing young female footballers in Australia. You mentioned that that was an Asia Oceania camp. There were some players from Japan as well that came down specifically for that uh, that camp. So it really shows that it, the FFA, uh, Australia as a whole, is trying to be a leader in this space and, and provide opportunities for inclusion and, and development. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really uh, special space we can be in. And I think we've been good in a lot of aspects in, in leading the way. I think the standard of what we're doing with the Paroos is, is exceptional and um, I think it's something we can hold our head high and, and continue to, to lead from the front, absolutely. And Taj, maybe last one for you, but um, after the Canada game, what sort of feedback did you have from their players? Because I know that I know that uh, the, a lot of the, the CP football players, they're very good friends off the pitch. Um, it's a good community. And, and were they impressed with the way that Australia held that match? Yeah, I think the the experience for them was almost as special as it was for us. Like they, a lot of them hadn't played in front of a crowd like that before. And you you watch men's national teams and women's national teams play in front of tens of thousands of people, and to experience something even close to that was phenomenal. So whether it was the the crowd was cheering for them or not, I don't think they were too bothered. Obviously, a few were a bit upset about the result, but you, you can't help that. We were the better team on the day. But, yeah, I know they, they really cherished the moment and enjoyed walking out in front of a crowd and, and singing their anthem in front of a crowd and everything that comes with that. And they would have had the opportunity, I'm, I'm sure, their family to watch that um, back home as well, probably using some sort of VPN. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of them, I think the time zone, there were a lot of families up at up at 2am, which is pretty standard if you, if you follow CP football. <laughs> so I think, I think they still got to enjoy the game game from Canada as well. I think it was actually their 100th game of CP football ever as well. So it was a big, big day for them as well. And Benny, what do you see as the vision for not only the Paroos, but for CP football? Um, you do have IFCPF, the governing body who, who run world championships in different tournaments. Um, but how, how big can it be in your mind and, and how long would you like to stay involved with it? Yeah, look, I think for a long time with, with, uh, disability sports it's always been it's always been put to the side and you know it could only be at a certain level and you know at times it was maybe a bit of a just a bit of a pat on the back project um i see it quite differently i i picture in australia that the paroos can be alongside the socceroos and matildas and 
and eventually, you know, become a, a name that, that people know. Um, and then on the world stage, I think IFCPF has the opportunity to grow one of the most exciting forms of football. You know, you've got the most common physical disabilities, so there's kids out there that want to play the game. You've got the world game. You know, it's entertaining. It's just I think there's an opportunity to grab it and grow it and run with it. And I know that's difficult, but there's a lot of nations out there that really want to help make that happen. So I think, you know, I think it's time. It's long overdue. A big thanks to Ben and Taj from the Pararoos for joining us on the latest edition of the FFA podcast. We'll be back next week with more stories and insights from Australia's football community. Until then, keep safe and keep connected with football.